Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 3 of the podcast, What Most People Think. If this is the first time you're listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a show about, I don't know, an old-fashioned thing that what the majority of people think should maybe be the thing that happens. But I don't know, some of you might say that's how fascism starts. I don't know. But anyway, look, we're going to try and look at these kind of issues in a playful way. Uh, I'd just like to say thank you to everybody that that gave me positive feedback for the new microphone last week. But obviously, the sound nerds were out again about the popping. Was the popping a problem for you? Was it pricking your, <laughs> pulling your plonker? So, yeah, I'm aware that I have got issues with, I've got popping issues. These are lots of things I never knew about myself until I started doing a podcast. But I haven't managed to get that sorted out this week. Uh, but I will try and get that sorted out in the fullness of time. Again, thank you to everybody buying tour tickets. There's a few of them. If you, if you want to come to Guildford, then then get in there. It's not a massive room. To be, I, sh- I should, probably shouldn't do that. I should hype it more, shouldn't I? So it's close to selling out, and it's a massive room. It's not basically. It's the size of a canteen. Um, I have got today. A lot of people ask me about having guests on the show, and the, the problem is because I, I don't live in London, where all the talent is, darling. All the talent, you know, Crouch End, that sort of thing. Totally outside of the uh, liberal bubble out here in Cambridgeshire. Um, did you say Cambridgeshire? Yeah, uh, but not that bit of Cambridgeshire, all right? This is, uh, don't go getting images of me on it, like sitting, punting my way to fucking work down a river. It's not quite that bit. Having said that, I have got a guest for you today. Oh boy. Um, all right, that's the first time I've ever said oh boy out loud. I've got Andrew Doyle. Andrew Doyle. Now, if you don't know Andrew, he's a brilliant stand up. Uh, he's a brilliant writer. He, he writes for uh, uh, the Jonathan Pye character, but also he is the, the, the cruel patriarch earning money out of. Internet satirical sensation Titania McGrath. Now, if you don't know about Titania McGrath, first thing, pause this podcast now, get on that account, have a look at it, see what you think, and then you're going to get a lot more out of the chat that we have. Uh, very excited about that. So Andrew will then be sitting in. We'll talk about Titania. Andrew will be sitting in with me, and we'll be talking about what's happening with Brexit, obviously, and uh, John Burko, another little mischievous uh, move by the Burko. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad that Brexit is so, you know, he's finding the whole process so entertaining. I'm really glad that this huge attempt to change the way that we're governed is, is an opportunity for him to really enforce the Burko brand. I mean, we might not get like a, a democratic outcome to this, but John Burko's definitely got a catchphrase out of it and he'll probably be the new Judge Rinder. So good for him. Uh, we will be looking at Christchurch as well on a more serious note. Uh, well, we might make some jokes. I'm sure they're not going to be at the expense of what happened. Um, but I suppose we'll be looking at, at, at the media reaction to that because it did seem to end up in a bit of a shit fight between various commentators and journalists. And then obviously a bit of bollocks. Um, this week I'll be looking at, I'll be talking with Andrew about all these subjects and I'll be asking him about the issue 
of people taking your phone off you when you just hand it to them or you just show one thing. I, I think it's a big deal, but I'm going to find out where Andrew sits on this. And before we get into it, so we're going to get into the chat of Andrew. That's going to be the most part of the show. I will be doing the men's health bit at the end because people have um, well, people have said such nice things about that. I wouldn't want to go uh, an episode. I mean, some of you, I don't want to think that maybe... I'm stopping people from, uh, you know, topping themselves. But I'd like to think that this podcast saves lives. I don't think that's overstretching it. So I will be doing that at the end of the show, so sit tight for that. And before we get into the chat with Andrew, just a couple of thank yous and fuck yous. Thank you to the person at KFC that just put in an extra, mistakenly put in an extra bit of chicken. The thing about that is I had no guilt about eating it because it was chicken from heaven. I, it was brilliant. I, I've downsized. I still love KFC. I still have it twice a week, minimum. It was odd that I make a commitment to something like that. But I've downsized. You know, as you get older, it gets harder to lose these pounds. So I've downsized from a three-piece variety meal to a three-piece meal. Now I'm down to a basic two-piece chicken uh, kernels meal. But the other day, somebody just put an extra piece of chicken in, and that was very enjoyable. Uh, fuck you to... I've had a bit of trolling on Twitter this week, and annoyingly, it's been pretty funny. Um, Why well, not annoyingly? I kind of admire it. There's one person that said that usually he would listen to Radio 5 Live while Pinar's politics was on with his dog, but he said his dog deserves better than me, than listening to me, which I found quite funny. Um, another thank you. Thank you to Laura Koonsberg. Uh, regular listeners to this podcast will know that I am influencing events at Westminster quite heavily. And she referred to what a lot of people call a people's vote, a lot of people call a second referendum. I've been saying it should be called another referendum because it won't be the last. And she referred to that uh, in a text. So thank you, Laura, for acknowledging my, my Whitehall acumen. On the other hand, fuck you to uh, Donald Tusk, who used the word rethink, right? So episode two of my podcast, I spoke about Owen Smith talking about another vote being the opportunity for the public to have a rethink. You get outside there, have a little rethink about what you did. So the moment that uh, an extension is discussed, uh, Donald Tusk says, yeah, the British public might it'd be an opportunity for them to have a long, a long rethink. A lot, have a long re... I don't know what fucking... I don't know how to do that accent. Is that Polish? Is he, he's Polish, isn't he? I don't know what the... Po- it's an opportunity for the British public. That's I know that's Dutch, right? But the problem is the Polish... I don't know what that accent is exactly. And you that's not racist. It's just a... Well, the main reason you know about accents is, is through films, isn't it? Through films and television shows. And I would argue, you know, the American accent, they've done a lot of work getting it out and about. Even the Danish with the crime thrillers. So if there's any Polish people um, feeling offended that I didn't fully nail the accent, then, well, you need to really, you know, you need to start commissioning some, some better, <laughs> better films and programs. It's on you. Look, let's crack on with the chat with Andrew. As I say, we're back at the end with the men's health bit. Hope you enjoy the show. So, one of the things in doing this podcast was I didn't want to just have any old guests on because, you know, there is that podcast circuit and there's a lot of great podcasts with funny people on. But I just thought I wanted to bring people, hopefully if they're interested in my comedy, they might be interested in, in people that are doing things a little bit differently. And to that end... Very excited that the first guest on the What Most People Think podcast is is Andrew Doyle. Welcome to the show. Hello. Pleased to be here. Why am I adopting this weird presenter? Because that's voice? what you have to do. It's like when I used to work in a call centre. Yeah. I ended up adopting this really camp. Hello, how can I help you? I don't know why, because you just feel like you have to. I was drifting towards Capital Radio there, wasn't I? It was good. 
It was all, it was all right. It was functional. At first, I've got I've got to apologise. Is that I sent you to the wrong place to do it? You did, but that's all right. It's part of the challenge. Because I went to because we're recording this at where my agency is, uh, the agent that represents me, and I sent you to their old agency. But actually, it sort of feels like you know in those sort of films where terrorists abduct people and put bags over their yeah. head, then they drive left, right. I kind yeah. of wanted to disorient you. I felt more like Challenge Annika. That was my point of reference. So <laughs> that shows the difference between our... See, the listeners to this podcast will appreciate an early Challenge Annika reference. I think so. I, think. I hope so. There's a lot, been a lot of stuff about cricket. As long as they're yeah. over 30, I'll probably get that. How old are you, Andrew? I'm 40. 40. Okay. I thought we were roughly similar. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm 42. So you are, uh, Andrew Dore, a brilliant stand-up, and you're also the, the, the disgusting patriarch behind Titania McGrath. Yeah. Vile. Vile. Profiting, <laughs> profiting off her work and her... I love that. The, beliefs. the Guardian said it was a speedy cash-in. I love, I love that. It's like, are you trying yeah. to embody what I'm satirising or what? Because, I mean, this, this, this assumption that they know what I'm trying to do. Yeah, so she is a Twitter character. So, And I, I have to keep reminding myself that a lot of people just aren't on Twitter. So why would yeah. they know? Um, she's a character on Twitter who is a satire of the kind of young, um, uh, white female, typically uh, very posh, very privileged, uh, activist, sort of um, yeah. fourth wave feminist activist, intersectionalist activist, who uh, who goes online to find things to be offended about and 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 detects sort of uh, you know finds offence where there is none to be taken really, and it's yeah. it's and it's I mean there's a lot of these people who are like this, a lot of them write for the Guardian, so you probably recognise this type of person, but they're they're they they are typically privileged and uh, they're very narcissistic. I think what links them all is that, that is what they always make it about themselves, and yeah. I think it's just very funny. I think just anyone standing there and telling the masses how they should be behaving uh, in this very prim way is, is inherently funny, even if they're right. It is, isn't it? Because it's the moment, like, you put, it's something funny about putting yourself on a moral pedestal. Yeah. It's like, that's, the comedy's all about the distance that you can fall. And if you're essentially saying, I'm a better person than you, yeah. there's scope for comedy. Exactly. I mean, look, I'm probably guilty of it myself. In fact, I definitely am, because like, I write yeah. sort of political articles where I say what I think about the world. But I do always try, and I often fail, no doubt, but I do always try to acknowledge in some way that this is just my view and I could be wrong and all yes. that sort of stuff. Because yeah. what really bothers me about a lot of these activists is the certainty that they have in their own worldview. And it, yeah, it, it I'm sort of jealous me. of that in a way. I think that on, on one level I take issue with it. Yeah. But I think maybe sometimes I wonder if why I take issues because I'm not certain about anything. Well, you shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? Like, Imagine, I think like, I've, I've re- I have some really strong hunches. Yeah, but that's yeah, it. I'm just trying to get behind a hunch. But also, you wouldn't yeah. be the comic you are if you didn't doubt yourself all the time. If you didn't think yeah. over your material and think, "What well, is that going to work?" You know, yeah. I, 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 I find it frightening that kind of like, and this is why I always sort of equate the social justice movement as it is to a cult mm. because it is that complete certainty and it is faith based. You know, they yeah, believe yeah, in these yeah. sort of these sort of invisible power structures, which I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but what I'm saying is they they have a, a complete certainty and belief that it, it, it dominates absolutely everything we do. And of course, power is relevant, but it's not everything. It doesn't explain everything. So at this point, if I've got any left-wing people, and the, the great twist about all, all, all of this, of course, is that you are left-wing. Yeah. You know, as such. It, I mean, well, well, you're, okay. you're a sort of splinter cell. <laughs> I think we sort of both are, in a way. That's what I yeah. think makes it interesting. We've both sort of been rejected by our own side to a, a, I, a point. You know? I mean, I'm told, I'm told so often that I'm right-wing or alt-right or whatever which yeah. by the way means white nationalist so I can definitely rule that one out but yeah. right wing and I always I always say the same thing you know, okay so what what are my beliefs that are right wing yeah. and the only things people can come up with are things they imagine I secretly think yes. rather than things I've actually written or actually said and that's, that, that gets us nowhere like uh, you know unless we're going to live in a society where everyone claims telepathy but we're not going to get anywhere like that so just, I, I, I think the thing is though Andrew it's like it's, it's the, the, 
they're threatened, do you, do you know what I mean, by you, because it's a big challenge, isn't it? Someone who's a clear, and, and not to blow too much smoke up your ass, but like a clear, very funny... No, politi- I need it, I need the politi- ...political <laughs> thinker. I mean, on that note as well, I mean, this is a, this is a crass analogy to make, but you're also a gay man as well. Um, yeah. Is that fair to say? <laughs> it's fair to pause? say. And, and I realise it was a good pause there, yeah. is it only because I mentioned blowing smoke up your ass? Yeah. We yeah, haven't discussed I- a fee for this. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you hit on my fetish though. but I guess what I'm, so the reason I bring that up is because they that's another challenge isn't it because yeah. they probably want to think that you're this straight like you say alt-right cis male and, and you're not it's funny because I got like so when the book came out and I did a couple of interviews about it um, a lot of the aggressive tweets and I know it's not reflective of real life it's yeah. just a few dicks on Twitter but a lot of it was about Oh, look at this straight white male coming out here. Uh, what was it? I had public school straight white male right wing. I'm like, I went to a state. I went to a comp school. I'm, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not right wing. I'm not. I'm not straight. I, I had that once when I was. Uh, I did. A, I did a Facebook advertising campaign a few years ago, and I just drifted into like um, like the wrong timelines and yeah. stuff. And the amount of be a Tory boy. Uh, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. Just go and spend your trust fund and stuff. And I was like, starting to be annoyed that. Like, yeah. I thought, I wish I would fucking have as great as you think I did. Do you know what? I wouldn't be ashamed of it. I'd, yeah. I'd fucking love that. It'd be great no. to, to have a bit more money, you know. But it, but it's funny that mm. they've got their narrative, they've got their, their simplistic worldview and, and anything that... They don't want nuance, right? Because nuance yeah. is difficult because then you have to think about stuff and you have, to, you have to discuss things. So it's much easier to just mischaracterise. One guy actually tweeted and he described what my act is. Now, he obviously hasn't seen my act. He says, yeah. Andrew Dorr comes out to the mic uh, and he says, queers, eh? And everyone applauds. Yeah, and and it's like, what, do you, okay. that would be funny though. But th- I mentioned this to you the other day, and it's like <laughs> yeah. that is actually funny. It is funny, um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. Well, it's it. Like we mentioned it. We mentioned just before we we started recording was like a lot of people say say things like, "Well, that's about as funny as like an orphanage catching fire." Yeah. And you go, "Well, that is quite funny." Like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, if your life has already been that shit, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you're in an orphanage that catches fire. Yeah. You go, that's funny, and then it's oh, that's about as funny as a prolapse rectum. It comes, sorry, both those words are funny. The words again, for prolapse rectum. That's fucking hilarious. It's, it's yeah, I can totally take that point. But well, we both get this. I get added to to lists as well. Yeah. They go some weird idiot on Twitter has added you to a list like called racist. I had one today. Not not Nazi fascists, which yeah. sounds, strikes me as a tautology. But okay, uh, it's, it's that, that, yeah, yeah. but that's what I am apparently. So, uh, but that's quite again. All of this, I think you just got to laugh at it. That that was my point. Yeah. Is that. You know, I've had it before with, with stuff I've done in the past with Jonathan Pye and stuff, and, and the articles I write for mm. Spiked. And, and ultimately, you just got to... It's not serious. It's not real life. The, you know, this is, no, not, no, this is not serious political discussion. This is, no. this, is, this is basically pointing to the infantilization of our culture. Like we're in a culture where everything must be reduced and, and simplified and, and caricatured. I think that's the main problem, is that each side of the political divide is just caricaturing their opponent until they're arguing against someone that doesn't really exist. I think like you because you got the book out, haven't you? It's mm. called Woke, right? Like, yeah, a guide and, to and, social. Justice. And it's smashing it. It's doing really well. And I think, that, and I mean this like in, in in a positive way. I think you're continuing a lineage of comedy that that, that sort of satirizes. You're just doing it in a different format of yeah. satirizing a certain kind of person. So I was trying to think back, and I think in a way the young ones we sort of we, we get this real like minor, temporary minorsing uh, yeah. in this country we, where we think things are. Everything's new and everything's awful and it's the first time it's happening. But you look at like those characters and yeah. they're essentially taking right on students of the time and yeah. for the most part taking the piss. Yeah, I don't claim to be. A, no, I don't mean that to say it's not original, but I just no. think like you've, 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 it's sort of dipping into a great tradition 
of looking at, at kind of like the moral certainty yeah, of the young. Exactly. Yeah. So any kind of moral certainty is always up for, for ridicule. I mean, going right back to the Puritans or the Pharisees, you know, yeah. the, the, these people are essentially funny. Uh, like, and, and what is so weird to me is like a figure like Mary Whitehouse, who would sort of epitomise this this type of person back in the 80s, you know, yeah. and everyone mocked her and you had the Mary Whitehouse experience, of course, which took the, yeah. her name for their, their show. Um, she's won, you know, she's now... Uh, she, her philosophy yeah. has won out. Like her philosophy is this idea that you know, basically, uh, popular entertainment can uh, m- change the masses and it can make them behave badly, and that's why you need mm. to regulate them because she doesn't trust people. Basically, she doesn't trust the working yeah. classes. That was what the, the the philosophy was, and that's now won out. That's what people now actually think. And whereas that that used to come from the right, that used to come from the Daily yeah. Mail, Daily Express back in the nineties. Now it's coming from the Guardian. Now it's coming from the Independent, um, and the left have sort of seized this. And they don't know how stupid they look. They look so prissy, and it, and and. But do you feel let down by the left in a yeah, way? Yeah, horribly, yeah. horribly. I think it's on a number of issues, but but mostly it's this thing about identity politics. The left have sort of grasped onto this identity politics as being a, a good thing, and it's not. It's a terrible thing for our society. It's really divisive. It's it's this insistence on seeing everyone through the prism of race, sexuality, I mean, it's and gender. It's literally the opposite of like in the nineties of what we were asked and and, yeah. right, and rightly um, led to do. Which is just, so now, now you would get taken the piss out of you if you said I don't see colour. That would be offensive but, to but, say but, that. Whereas actually in 1992, you'd have been the most liberal visionary on the council estate. Well, that's like, Jeff, of... he doesn't see colour. Well, he starts out <laughs> like fucking white Nelson Mandela. Well, surely that's the goal, isn't it? I mean, one of the... What well, oh, used to be. And so the, so those, those things exist on the, on the one hand. Yeah. But it doesn't mean on the, on the other hand that, that everything needs to be viewed through the prison I mean, of I, race. Exactly. I mean, I think, I, I think there's a case to be made there. Uh, I think... Um, Rennie Edo Lodge wrote a book, you know, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race, which which yeah. on, on the whole I found lots of uh, issues and problems with. But one of the good points she makes is exactly that about, about you know, people applying to jobs and, and, yeah. and the, the statistics. Yeah, I mean, that always resonated with me because yeah, I yeah. think well, I bet you any money that happens. But because the way, there are I mean, racist twats out there. Like, yeah. I think there are, you know, that no one's denying that they exist. But you see, this thing being applied broadly with these huge brush strokes is not helpful to anyone. I mean, let's, let's take the BBC. The BBC... Uh, advertising internships for non-whites only. Okay, with what what ultimately ends up happening, of course, is you end up with a lot of kind of very middle class, very privileged people, uh, mm. bane people in those in those roles. So that isn't helping anyone at all. And are the BBC really saying that they are staffed by racists? Because I bet that's not a problem at the BBC. I don't think the BBC. Yeah, I suppose there is like, that influence, But but yeah. it might be a problem in other companies. But I, you know. I, why is the BBC sort of conceding and saying that they're staffed by racists? I wouldn't want to do that. We can't be trusted, us. <laughs> yeah. you know, we seem nice, but God, we despise ourselves. Why would so, they say that about So themselves? we need to legislate against our... No, you're right, never thought about it like that. Also, the other thing that occurred to me then was, uh, why I'm no, talk, no longer talking to white people about race? Yeah. Probably bought mainly by white people, that book. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows, who knows? <laughs> but come on, I mean, that's a genius market employer, isn't it? I mean, it's... Like, it's, 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 it's like saying Yorkies, not for girls. I mean, this is... The, who then bought Yorkies? Girls. It's really funny, that, by the way, that yeah. Anyway, there was a, an article that called what called white women are evil or why women, <laughs> and that was in the Huffington Post. Well, some of them are, but like you know, some of them. Are, well, yeah, my relationship. Some are exactly yeah. because again, you go down to individuals, but yeah, um, yeah but but they, they they turn on. You're not intersectional enough. You're you know you're not you're you're not. I love this idea that so they've already established that it's impossible to be racist if you're a person of colour. Yeah. So what happens when, say, a Latino person attacks a black person? Well, that's called colorism. So then they have to invent a new word to describe something because they've already said that can't be the case. So it, it's funny. Why like, this women stuff are, is why funny. Why evil is funny. I that's mean, quite that, a headline, isn't but it? That, but that's the thing. This is why Titania exists, isn't it? Because that's what she would say. You know she would I mean? say white women are evil. She would say that she doesn't count because she doesn't identify as white because she's polyracial. <laughs> um, you know, so... 
It's all it's all word games. Polly Rachel does sound like another character. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like a drag name. She's... I mean, like, there's got to be at some point with this where someone's going to ask you to bring her to life. Do you know what I mean? Not like you'd yeah. maybe personally, although that would be the ultimate insult to Titania if you played her. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're talking about the idea of a live show. With yeah. Her, uh, in which case, what I'd do is get an actor. Mm. And I, what I'd love is, like, some sort of young... Uh, actor who's not known you know someone yeah, who yeah. can do the comedic uh, it's really going to be hard to cast if we do it yes. but that's exactly what I want to do you know I think that'd be really fun well I, th- I think it, I think it's brilliant man and it's interesting to chat about it. and like I say uh, we'll move on to discussing uh, Brexit and stuff like that in a second but I would say to people is like you have got stand up stuff on I mean you, you had it I remember you had a run at Edinburgh a few years ago and you yeah I've, I haven't got much online though I've got I've done no there weren't that many clips no. the, one, the ones that, that are there are absolutely fantastic and really really wet the Thank appetite you. so I hope to see like uh, more of that going up there and I'm sure that you'll be doing you know more of that yourself yeah I will I think I'll put more clips because I've done quite a few shows now and I think I may as well start clipping them putting, I was always a bit yeah. nervous about that you know I was always like oh, I don't want people to see my material they might they might then I can't use it again but yeah. come on I mean who's going to see it it's fucking wild west out there mate oh yeah well there's that as well yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing a free podcast mate. I never thought I'd be doing that a few <laughs> years ago but uh, but yeah okay that's the opening section of the chat now we're going to get on to talking about Brexit okay so I mean I've got I've got a left leaning leave photo here so just before we get into the nuts and bolts of exactly what's happening with Brexit now that I don't want you to give away your material here but that analogy that you, I saw you do about why somebody on the left should vote for Leave. Could you just sort of like unpackage that for us a little bit? I, I've never been able to reconcile the idea that you can be a socialist or left-leaning and vote for this huge pro-corporate neoliberal block. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me at all. And I come from that sort of Tony Benn, yeah. uh, Jeremy Corbyn sort of uh, viewpoint. I don't share a lot of his views now, by the way, I've gone off him. Um, yeah. But that kind of old-school left-wing opposition to the EU I mean Labour has always been opposed to the EU oh, yeah. and, and, and I, d- I don't know why that needs to be said because everyone should know that but um, yeah they were opposed to it in, in the original yeah, referendum yeah. exactly and now they've, they've gone the other way and they want a second they want a second vote but you know so there's that and I think Jeremy Corbyn is still very much a Eurosceptic and would rather we were out but it, it, it doesn't really lend itself to I mean it is there are some awful things about the EU. I mean, they, 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 we know because of the the leaks that they were the, they were plotting their TTIP, you know, their Transatlantic Trade Investment Partnership. Mm. Uh, they were prepared for, to put that through whatever risk to the NHS. You know, we only found out because it was leaked. You know, this is not a this is not a big benevolent. Think about the the major players in the EU. They're all centre right politicians. Mm. This isn't a big left wing uh, liberal uh, uh, phenomenon. It, it just isn't. I mean, you've got. Businesses, huge corporations spending millions of pounds lobbying the EU for further regulations. They want more regulations. And the reason they want more regulations is because it, it basically means that smaller businesses can't compete. They can't keep up, so they get trounced. Well, this is what I, th- I think is really odd. It's the first time in my life, and, and you know, it looks at this point, Brexit could be stymied, cancelled, postponed. It's the first time in my life that, that the political class were asked to do something genuinely radical. Because if yeah, you yeah, think yeah. about it, there's been little, sort of little flip-flops between various forms of neoliberalism throughout our life. And, and, it was the first, and they've shat the bed yeah, just I continually know. like this constant kind of 24-7 shit-a-thon and, <laughs> and, and I think that how I mean it's disappointing in a way because you sort of I suppose you'd like to believe that, that when that day come around that, that there would be the talent or the foresight 
I mean, one of the things that, that's been mentioned as well, people say, oh, you know, the, the whole world's kind of looking at us and they're laughing. They go, there is truth in that, and obviously the Tories, the way yeah. they've handled it, has been incompetent. But we are also the only nation currently trying to do extricate ourselves from a supranational state. So yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. this was ever going to be a piece of piss and a walk in the park, it was probably always going to be a bit tricky. Well, especially with a, a Remain Parliament, and yeah. a Remain Cabinet, people, and, and, and a Prime Minister. Who a Remain Speaker, bringing yeah. us up to this well, league. Yeah, absolutely. But John. These people don't want us to leave, and, and therefore, you know, if it's like they go into a negotiation seeing it as damage limitation rather than seeing it as this incredible opportunity that it could have been. And so, therefore, we've ended up with a deal which is actually worse than staying in the EU. So, this, this was never going to work unless, unless we had a parliament which was uh, comprised of, of MPs who really believe in democracy. And, and, and mm. you see, I, I believe in parliamentary democracy, I'm actually really reticent. To, to, uh, to go along with the idea that we should be having referendums all the, all the time. I don't think we should necessarily. Yeah. But, but let's face it, Parliament voted, uh, five out of every six MPs voted for us to outsource this decision to the people. They made their decision. Then they voted to ratify and trigger Article 50 overwhelmingly in Parliament. Mm. So this is now it. This is law. And yet they're still trying to frustrate it. This is not parliamentary democracy. Parliamentary democracy is not where you just explicitly go against the wishes of, what, of, of, of the people. That's not what it means. So I think this is un- undemocratic. Well, I mean, on that note, I mean, uh, Burko uh, finding this, this age of, what, 1604? 1604. So, so, so this was a parliamentary convention that preceded the gunpowder plot, right? <laughs> it was before yeah, the right, gunpowder yeah, plot. Before. And what I thought it exposed, right, was not just, we'll get on to Burko in a sec, but, like, is how hypocritical, it's yeah. impossible not to be hypocritical about Brexit now, I think, no matter what your stance is, yeah, yeah. you and me included, is that because we're so tribal about it. I know, that's the problem. I mean, Burko is, but he's on record, I mean, Mm. Didn't he have a car sticker or something saying bollocks to Brexit or something? Yes, or his yeah. wife's car maybe or something like that. You know, his, his views are pretty much uh, clear to everyone. He just dialed down but, a smirk for a start. Well, yeah, I mean, he's an odd one, isn't he? The way well, he no, says he order just, bothers me. I, I can't I believe mean, he's just be, I, I mean, it's a bit of a bugbear with me, but he's been clearly been ca- workshopping that catchphrase yeah, yeah, throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, good thing. There's a lot of them, and I said this actually on, on <laughs> Pino's politics the other day, is that there's this generation of politicians, it's been a long time since we've known this many politicians yeah and these guys will be famous for a long time because yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's like the first two series of Apprentice right remember that, like the big reality shows the lineups of the first two series are the ones that really stick in your head yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we still remember fucking Craig from Big Brother 1 right yeah so you get, <laughs> yeah. You get these like two Bob players like, like John Burko who's become a star out but of actually this. that's one of the great things about Brexit is that it has really politically energised the country it's mad people, yeah. people know so much more about politics than they did four years ago and they yeah. talk much more about politics. And this is why I have absolutely no patience whatsoever with this idea that people didn't know what they were voting for and they weren't thinking about mm. it when they voted. Because on the contrary, there were months and months of people talking about politics, mm. chatting with people about politics, people you know, issues they never would have talked about before, getting energised, getting involved. Uh, and, and that's, that's why it's so dangerous. That's what I think is so dangerous at this point if politics is proved to be ineffective in a way. Well, because it, we've well, never had yeah. greater engagement, and then also if Brexit doesn't happen, we'll never have a greater sense that we can't really do anything radical to change things. <laughs> okay, we're a few days after the, the uh, Christchurch uh, terror attack now, and. Um, that was that was quite an interesting few days there. I mean, it was, it was a shocking piece of news to wake up to. But then what happened was we're also waking up to this this weird phenomenon of people like suing it to agendas. I mean, I think it was Sophie, is it? I can't remember Walker, the head of the Women's Equality Party, yeah. had done a tweet 
saying who started her tweet started off about male violence. Now, now I understand there's a place for all these debates at some point. Yeah, yeah, of course. Call me old fashioned. I sort of think there's twenty four hours. Well, maybe shut the fuck up and just think I about totally people agree, that have lost yeah. it. I think we should have this should be a rule. Just twenty four hours. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to talk in platitudes, do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Say how sad you are. But in terms of all this agenda thing. I saw some things like I've never seen before. I mean, the the, the most kind of like jump the shark moment I think was yeah. where where Carol Cadwaller on the left, right, yeah. used it as a reason to have a pop at Owen Jones, who I wouldn't normally find myself defending. Yeah, somehow managed to link it back to Brexit. I right? can't bear this. I, I I I've been really genuinely disturbed by the aftermath of. of, of yeah. this. I mean, not only was the attack itself just one of the most horrific things within living memory which which by the way we all know like you know loads of people get, you know, obviously like you say the platitudes come out mm. this is horrific this is tragic etc well, well of course you would think well, who wouldn't think it was yeah, you know yeah. that you don't need to say that we all we all know that but but i do on the other hand i do understand you could just tweet i'm a normal human the really disturbing thing about the way the media reacted was the like you say the the exploiting this horrible situation to take pot shots at each other, to finger point, to, you know, and it was everyone. So Brexit was to blame, um, you know, Owen Jones. There was that guy who's in the politician in the Union who blamed Islam, blamed a whole religion uh, for this. You've got um, people blaming Candice Owens, um, people blaming um, Tucker Carlson, just naming their political opponents. Owen Jones mm. tweeted out, oh, well, the last tweet that the killer sent was a retweet from the Daily Express. Inf- you know, implying mm. that the Daily Express is somehow culpable for this, they, and the people who read it are culpable for this. Or holiday, they, holidays for nine pound fifty well, are culpable. Are for culpable. This. Yeah. Contributing Everyone that advertised in the Daily Express. So here's the thing about that: like, yeah. we can't live. You, it is not. It's all very well to say, you know, we should look into why have we created this culture in which someone can exist who has absolutely no empathy, no understanding mm. of the sanctity of human life, and that is a serious consideration, and it's a very complex. Uh, consideration mm. that we need to talk about this overly simplistic reductive you did it it's mm. your fault Mehdi Hassan today tweeted out saying that this is um, his manifesto was effectively a version of Douglas Murray's book that's a new low that's really mm. vile and disgusting and, and the you know the, this, this isn't right this isn't right you shouldn't be using a tragedy to attack your political opponents and I've never seen anything like it. I know we've had it before no it's, it's been great there's been certain there's been certain events it's where, shameless where it almost and there's a problem is the problem is the optics of it is it's it's, it's, it's a very simple human instinct of, of, of I told you so in, in, yeah, in yeah, some yeah, respects exactly. now I can see that there's a, there's, a, there's a room for that debate once a little bit of time has passed, possibly. I think the problem is if you do it with a bit while while there's still people being treated at the scene, but it's like you, I think you show your hand in a way. I think you need, yeah, well, you, for a start, it will look opportunistic irrespective yeah. of your intention, so you just got to be aware of that. Um, there is a debate to be had about what kind of culture we're creating and how we can change things so that people don't turn into these monsters. Mm. Um, but there's going to be no simple answers to this, certainly not just naming one political commentator mm. and saying, well, that's that, you know, we, if he can't say these words anymore, then we'll solve that problem. It's so simplistic, so infantile. Mm. That's not the way that you're going to, you're going to affect any kind of change. And what I worry about it is actually that it's, it's well-intentioned. That makes me even more frightened. You know, if, mm. if it is this opportunism, then that's just despicable. Yeah. But, but I suspect in a lot of these cases, people, they've genuinely convinced themselves 
uh, that these people are to blame for. I mean, the, the, the example of Candice Owens is a very good one. The, the killer mentioned her as her lead, his leading influence in his manifesto. Mm. And that is obviously because he can't stand her. Yeah. It's obviously, and it's because she, you know, she's in it with a group who are pro-Israel. She's mm. a black, uh, she's a black woman. And uh, that's what I'll do. I'll mention like somebody that I've got a beat, like Ricky Ponting. You yeah, know, you mentioned someone you hate. Yeah, and everyone just fell for it. Everyone yeah. just like. It's... Well, he mentioned also like he mentioned um, PewDiePie, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know anything about this, but I thought. Oh, this is one of these kind of names where this guy's actually really controversial and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I thought I'll have a look at this guy, but he's not controversial. Like, no, no, no. The, the, has he been involved in some controversy? Yeah, yeah, he has. He, he has. He, he. It was to do with some jokes. He did some jokes relating to Nazism and and, and right. that kind of thing. Um, so he has been a divisive figure, but it's quite clear that this person was was uh, putting in references and trying to stir up. He's trying to agitate the culture war. Right. He's trying to divide. That's what he's doing, and and, and, and it's working. Like this is all of this blame game that we're seeing is 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 precisely the intention. I do it? like this thing of not naming. I, uh, I don't name the country. I, 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 I just think, think that, yeah. I think and we, people have mentioned that for a few years, haven't yeah. they? Like it's been more of a public um, upswell of opinion. Yeah, yeah. He's to you know just give them like I don't know like a number or even even that could sound cool eventually. You know they'll, they'll latch onto something. So it's really difficult because we have to know about and we have to know yeah. what's going on. But, but but I don't just forget them. Don't don't glamorize them. Like there was yeah. one guy who tweeted out uh, the victims. He was talking about the victims and their life stories. That's the way to do it. Talk about those people. Talk yeah. about the people that the the the, the, the heroics. Yeah. yeah. Or the, just the you know not the evil twat with the gun don't make it about him if if but i do understand the difficulties that from a media perspective how do you how do you do that it is and it is weird just from a normal kind of like person like me sort of tabloidy type bloke where yeah like you know when there have been these kind of like islamic terror attacks and i'm told you know don't invoke all of islam i'm like got it okay yeah, right yeah. yeah and then you know when there's an attack that goes the other way it's like invoke everything that's what i mean it's, that's it's just i mean it's so basic that, that it almost feels not worth expressing but it's such an obvious contradiction in terms. It's it's really, but that's why it looks opportunistic, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, the, the 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 so Sophie, leader of the Women's Party, I can't remember her name. Probably not. Probably I can't makes me sound either. like exactly the sexist. Makes you sound like misogynist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, Sophie Bird, the one's the older. <laughs> but she, uh, but like her tweet, essentially. What right, did it say? It, it, it sounded like a. It, it sort of had the structure of a Tommy Robinson tweet. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? The yeah, same yeah, way yeah. That, that Tommy Robinson would dissemble and try and, 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 and tag on certain other agendas to yeah. it. I thought that would probably be the last thing that she would ever think, right? And I'm not saying, for the record, that she is like Tommy Robinson. Yeah. But I'm saying is, is if you hold one person, one whole community accountable yeah. for the actions of one person, it flies against so much of liberal left thinking that I was raised on. You ha- you have it's to, scarcely believable. You have to hold people accountable for their own actions. You can't because it, it, it affects like someone tweeted yeah. out. I, I did a tweet about this the other day, which is probably ill advised. But someone yeah. replied saying, "Individual responsibility doesn't come into this when you consider the broader cultural context." And I'm like, okay, yeah. this is don't let this guy off the hook for this. Yeah, this it, it, it's on him. One one of the things I've often thought, you know, that kind of cliche that people say, look, you know, political correctness, it's just it's just good manners. And I'm thinking, yeah. it's not though, is it? I mean, it's so obviously not that. That's like writing like the team talk for the opposition. Yeah. To simplify something as complex that society's trying to grapple with. But this this is why I don't use the phrase political correctness. I never use it in my articles because because mm. I kind of think. For me, political correctness, I see that as that 90s movement or that 80s, 90s yeah. movement. By those be, terms, I'm politically correct. Exactly, me too. Because like, yeah. I think, yeah, why should we be in a social situation or a workplace and someone can say, oi, faggot, do this or whatever. Like, that's not that's not something any of us want. I mean, luckily, we don't live in that society anymore, but we yeah. did. Uh, but we don't anymore, and that's great. But, but that's why I think we need a new term. Like, this is not... 
it's not political correctness when someone phones the police because you have an opinion they don't like, mm. which is now normal. That's now that's happening mm. an awful lot. Um, and the police are investigating um, uh, unpopular opinions. That's not political correctness. Like, if mm. political correctness is just politeness, then I'm politically correct because I'm for that. I'm for decorum. Yeah, yeah. I'm for all of that. Um, but the police no. have just become like HR, haven't they? Have you ever, yeah. worked, have you ever <laughs> worked for a company where no the, one really gets on? And and it, like I've had this when I worked in bigger companies, and a lot of HR's business is, is people secretly going to HR and making complaints yeah, but, about their colleagues, which then get escalated. So I think that a lot of a lot of people, you know, everyone wants a bit more power in their life, but yeah. some people might think they don't have it. And, and I suppose like reporting people online and stuff has given people that maybe were too timid before yeah. to actually take on their opponents a real stealthy way. But you know what it's like? It's like of it's, nipping at their heels. It's like at school, like because now of course if any kid. Uh, falsely accuses a teacher of something we know from the National Union of, of, of Teachers that most accusations are false mm. um, they know this because of course that person is immediately suspended and you can immediately do that so mm. similarly on Twitter you know you know that if you go to the police and say well this person said an offensive tweet or a transphobic tweet or whatever yeah. they will investigate them and they'll, they'll cause problems for that, that person's life and and to the police, I feel really sorry for them, like because they have to do this. Yeah. Like this has come from the top. This has come from the Home Office, from the Crown Prosecution Service. They have to do this stuff. It's 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 enshrined. Mm. So we can we can say that you know the thing with the Humberside Police Force, where the guy investigated the guy for tweeting a limerick. Um, mm. And at first, I thought, well, this is probably just an overzealous cop, you know. Mm. Over- but it's not. It, it that's that's the standard procedure now, and that's really fucked up. And it also and, it would also make crime dramas really shit, wouldn't it be? Like just you know, go, like a tweet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like imagine like Taggart. Now. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be like a, an hour, and it'd just be a guy just sitting on his phone. Yeah, and just getting a report. <laughs> it would be so fucking lame. It's like the same thing with like like drone warfare as well. Or the effect of that on war films in the future, all war films and cop dramas be... would just be people sitting with like yeah, a, just robots a, a Bluetooth headset, <laughs> like, Bluetooth it's... headset on. <laughs> One thing I've noticed recently, and this might be different from young people, I never dream about social media. Never. I've what never, an odd observation. I, 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 dream, I, I, I log my dreams a lot. You know, I mean, you? I wake up and I'm quite... You've got quite, a dream diary. Quite vivid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I just got... Kind of, there's certain recurring ones and stuff. They are always like... I've got this thing, and this is a gender thing. I think that, like... Um, like men's ones, I think are a bit because like my wife and any any woman I've ever been with, they're quite feeling based, and so they yeah. wake up and they go, "I was in a house and you were there, but it wasn't you," and you yeah. know stuff like that. Whereas I'm like, "Okay, I was a Volvo that was could also talk and was a horse, yeah, and stuff like real fucking weird weird stuff like that." And I, so I've dreamt every every variation on anything. I've never had a dream about social media, so I don't know if that's because in the formative part of my life, yeah, social media didn't exist as a phenomenon, possibly. But I, I, I do think somewhere in our brains, we know this is bollocks. <laughs> well, but, but also, it's not our generation. We, we didn't grow up with social media. No, it was no. Like, like, it was, I mean, sort of... Oh, I remember, I mean, it was at like university and stuff. They were like, we were on the internet and stuff like that. But it was not, not like this. You know, not like this. And I think this is... Yeah. So it's not something... I mean, I'm, I, I am a bit baffled by it, but, you know, we're in it now, aren't we? We're, we're sort of involved. And well, this, I, I did a... Um, to work backlash, I did a question time appearance a while ago and stuff. And I was, I was my, my intention was to be, like, quite funny and playful yeah. and stuff like that. And it is amazing, like, when you see... One of the big things, like, that, that Twitter does give you is um, it's just a way that people that hate you... You get to see how people that hate you see you. And yeah, you don't yeah, always yeah. see them, so it can be interesting. And one of them is, like, they just all call me stupid. You stupid yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? like, it was it was all basically blokes roughly my age, but more perhaps like yeah, Romanian types. They just 
they just kept bringing up stupid things and I sort of think well, I've got three A's at A-level so you know so, but I, I try not to it, just it, don't engage it, don't, it, don't it, no no I try not to it, it, engage and stuff but I just thought that it, that it was like the thing is if you are liberal right yeah and someone is stupid that's one of the liberal things you could say yeah isn't it it's like, awful yeah. Yeah, yeah. if they're stupid if, that means they don't know they're stupid if you genuinely think I'm stupid don't say it because that's, really, yeah. that's not a, that's not a liberal position it was just, it was just so disproportionate and I had um, had some of the people as well so it's often been commented on about the fact that I've got sad eyes, apparently. And, and I sort of do a little bit. They're quite sunken yeah, and stuff. Um, but then I went to my wife and I was like, I said, I said it to her. And I sort of thought she'd go, oh, that's crazy. But then I, it turned out that a lot of people in my life were sort of <laughs> on the side of the Twitter <laughs> But so many people who go on me, go at me on Twitter or attack me on Twitter, they, they, they've totally mischaracterised who I am. So they've got an idea in their head of who I am. Yeah. And they're attacking this phantom, you know, this spectre. Yeah. And they're throwing these sort of uh, accusations at this spectre, accusing me of believing things I don't actually believe. And, yeah. and then I'm thinking, well, why should I be in a position where I'm defending things I don't believe? Well, that doesn't, it's not helpful. Well, this you know? is, going back to this, actually, I meant to say this in our earlier chat, is one thing that you do do, and this gets totally overlooked, is that you end up having like funny conversations with out-and-out misogynists, like proper yeah, men yeah. that really hate women, and you kind of expose them at the same time. Yeah, well, and through Titania. Yeah, through yeah, Titania. Yeah, all the time. All like, the time like, yeah. So these guys are like, fuck you, dumb kind of stuff. And, 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 and you'll take these people on, you'll quote tweet them, and you'll show how they are. Yeah. But, but that part of... So it's an even-handed satire. Oh, like, I do that yeah. all the time. Like yeah. Some of the funniest things in Titania is when... Um, when the, these right wingers, like, yeah. like, like Trump supporters and people like that, get really angry and take her seriously, and she'll yeah. argue with them, and then I'll do a screenshot of the full argument. I really love doing that because it, it does expose the genuine kind of misogyny and, and 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 hatred that you see online. And I think that's a really interesting thing to well, do. Well, that's the thing. I think modern comics sometimes get obsessed with you punching up, you punching down. You go, yeah. we don't want to be punching sideways. You know what I mean? Like, and, and at well, all times. I mean, I feel very much I'm punching up because I see I see the woke movement as the establishment, and I, I they, they have so much disproportionate power for such a for such a small certainly in our game you know yeah, yeah and yeah. also you know the occasional punch down can be funny well cruelty can be funny can't it let's face it like, <laughs> it, it just ju- is it just, you know. I don't know if anyone's listening they think I'm a bastard for saying that like it, it yeah. just it just sometimes is yeah, I mean like I'll go, I'll go back to the burning orphanage yeah, you know that's poor nothing little, funnier than a burning orphanage there's nothing funny you know that poor fucking kid and if in <laughs> the, if in the time this going out there is a burning orphanage I'd just yeah. like to say please please circulate it as much as you can that I said this because I could actually do with seeming edgier than I am I this, mean, this is a lot I get a lot of push. that would be edgy wouldn't it but they say like you're not really that shocking I go I never and this is another stereotype about the right I, go, yeah. I never committed to being shocking I never said I was controversial that's the whole point I don't think I'm controversial never, at I'm all the same. I don't, I don't, I'm literally I'm I, a centre right bloke <laughs> I haven't done controversial comedy for ages I don't, yeah. I don't think but I'm to- constantly told I'm trying to be edgy I don't, well, they I don't it. think is Titania even edgy I don't even think she is I, don't, but that's I, I think that the more they, if you look at the cohort of people that would find Titania funny so it probably is, it is um, it's a lot of people probably on the centre right like you say yeah. the Trump supporters might misinterpret it there's a probably a lot of people in the middle there's probably like there's just there's just more people generally that would see the joke of that yeah than, than wouldn't and um, do you know what we've done here as well which I think is interesting like classic comedians well we've uh, we were talking about a great terror attack and we've come back to speaking about us that is how we oh we're so narcissistic that is how we know that terrible. we're comedians so, yeah. so in this little section I'll say that what most people think is that uh, well certainly what my wife would agree is that comedians can always make it about them
So, um, Andrew's joining me for the, the a bit of bollocks. Um, Is that what you call it? Uh, just a bit of bollocks. A bit of bollocks, okay. Yeah, exactly. I really think hard about these um, <laughs> these title and these items. I've got, I've got Thank You, Fuck You. Um, that I came up with that. Nice. Just on my own. Yeah. Just called Thank You, Fuck And then, bam, it was an item. And, and a bit of bollocks is, is the... I've got this bugbear of... You know when you've got your phone and stuff and you want to show someone your phone? Yeah. And you just, just hold it out for them. You just want to show them something on the phone. Yeah. You're not giving them the phone. Then they grab the phone. Yeah. Right? And then they start swiping happily left yeah, and right. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? That is my life there. You can't do that with a gay man's phone. Just don't. Oh, really? I'm just warning you. Just don't <laughs> do that. That would be a big mistake. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> just friends who've fallen foul of that. They grab they it and they fuck down. They deserve that. If they just see just like a massive cock, like that probably is what should happen. Well, then I think everyone should put just random pictures of massive cocks throughout their photo album. So if someone grabs their phone, they'll get what they, what they deserve. What you, that, you, that's what. Oh, that's my justification. It is, it is a massive shout because it's kind of like, it's just like a fucking, um, it's like a data breach, isn't it? Because like, you're literally saying, here's this image. Yeah. This I've already shown you, this is what I'm willing to show you. I've got my claw hand on this. <laughs> And they just grab it, and, and that anxiety, and it's weird because like you think, well, well, what have you got to hide, Jeff? And I, I don't really have anything to don't hide. You? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, I think what it activates is that natural paranoia that humans have. You know, yeah. like when you was at primary school, and they would go, right, like somebody has uh, taken a shit on the hamster, and <laughs> we're gonna say it. And there's a part of you as a kid going, look, I didn't do it, but I feel, I feel like I might have. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I've got, is that a personality type thing? I mean, it might even just be like, you know, things on your phone, messages you send. Like, if you're, if you're joking with a mate or something yeah. and then someone reads that message out of context, they'll, they'll completely misunderstand what you're saying and, you know, you'll start to feel like, oh, maybe I have said something wrong, maybe I have done something wrong. I don't know. Is it like, does it activate that same thing? Do you get beer fear? What's like, beer fear? You know, like, if you, if you, if you, drink, uh, if you drink heavily, we need to come up with a phrase for it. What, what is it? Like, well, it's just a paranoia. Like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but, but, like, so you wake up the following day yeah. and then you presume that you must be the worst of human Oh, no, no, no. We, 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 we had a phrase for this at university. We, we, yeah. called, it, we called it the pigs. They'd say, like, have you got the pigs this morning? What it, what it, it's this image of these... You wake up and there's these pigs sort of nudging at you, saying, oh, yeah. you did this last night. What did you say? What did you do? And, it's, it's, and I think it sort of sums it up for me. Like, I get that all the time, even if I've behaved so you, you had smarter friends than me. Well, you've gone for the pigs, this kind of... Like, actually, I've gone for beer fear. No, but both work, don't they? I, well, I, they, we need to... I, it's, it's strange. Where does that come from in the human condition? Like, the, well, the, for me, it comes from Catholicism, I think. Like, that, yeah, 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 the yeah. guilt thing, I just I sort of thrive on it. I think that's what it is, but... Yeah, the, the worry that you've said something bad, done something wrong, uh, isn't it just as well the wish to be liked? You know, yeah. if, if you say something that you've, you've, you've messed up, you've misspoken, you've upset someone, we're none of us like that. Now, now this is what's interesting. So both of us are, are kind of like owning up to this being quiet. Because some people just don't suffer from this, right? They don't give shit, do they? So it's amazing. They just wake up and they go, I can't remember anything for us. Oh, mate, what am I like? And, and I scrutinise every last thing I said. No, and it, it turns out yeah. usually you're all right, aren't you? Have you ever Most had that occasion time. where people go, no, you were awful? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. God, absolutely, yeah. It's, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, have you not? Oh, yes. I, the worst one, right, the worst one I had was I was out in Ibiza with the missus and there was a, a couple, right, these two lads, we went out with them, we had a good night with them and uh, and then we, we met with them again the following day and, and no, two days later and I was pretty smashed again and then my wife said, oh, this is like Kiko and Fernando, which sounds like two cliche gay bloke names but I promise yeah. you know, it really was their name and, um, and I said, no, it's not. And she was doing... She was like, no, that's definitely them. I was like, nope. So what is happening here? It's the most surreal thing. Yeah, like, yeah. To be introduced to two people and then and go... to refuse to accept No, identity. they're not them. Wow. I basically said they weren't them. I didn't say they were liars. You just weren't having it. 
yeah. the date that was, was there well anything? they were just like I, do you know what my wife did right so we got this with the system and, and it's quite I recommend this to people it's a, with your partner you're in a relationship at the moment yes right yellow cards yellow cards so yeah, yeah. your partner if you're getting Larry yeah, yeah. he'll just give you a nudge and go that's a yellow that's a yeah, straight the tr- yellow the trouble card. is that I had a code with a friend of mine uh, when yeah. I started teaching because I because part of my instinct is to be mischievous and to th- just to say what yeah. I think you, you're not meant to say and yeah. he had a phrase stonewash and whitewash and one of them meant curb it and one of them meant go it further push it further oh really oh that's and, good and he used to push me I like that yeah but it got me in trouble a few times you know uh, so which one's which I think, was, I think stonewash was calm it you're, yeah. you're, you're actually causing trouble here you're going to get beaten up yeah and then whitewash was push it, push it even further. See, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Both of us are people that worry, like, in that situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yet here we are, right, both to varying degrees, putting ourselves out on social media and doing exactly the thing where the large swathes of people will think that we're, we're bad people. I don't get it. like Because yeah. I don't like confrontation and I don't like I too much attention. Time. It's really weird. Why the it? hell am I doing this job? Is, is it like because people often say right like in, in comedy and I get it sometimes they go well, are you a character and yeah. I think well it just shows how kind of like narrow your view is of things like we go oh there's you know, someone who's doing comedy that doesn't think exactly what I think they, they must be making it up yeah. obviously it's kind of more telling for them but the truth of the matter is all comedians are taking like there's nothing I've ever said that, that I either don't think or, or don't think okay. on some level right? right. I've, ne- I've never just straight up made up anything but like you have like passing thoughts do you know what I mean you yeah, like, yeah. that's funny that I think that yeah know? Um, but the big things, you know, how I vote and all that is, is totally straight up. But, like, I think all comedians, there's that bit here that you almost think is the cool bit here. Yeah, like, yeah. You go, that's the fucking guy. <laughs> what most people think. No, I, I yeah, I'm, see, I'm, I'm 42 now. Like, I, I, what, what I find is that the only times I tend to go out and drink and stuff like that is, is at the, in, in a small hiatus between busy periods. Yeah. And, well, long story short, I, I just need to stop because... It, me too, I, me too. I, I, in March... Of last year, of late February, I went out with a mate, and it was literally, genuinely, in my mind, I thought I'm gonna, I'm going out for like a pub quiz, yeah, on, just a couple of pints, right? Now this sounds like the oldest story in the book, but the problem with this night was it then snowboard and snowboard and snowboard and literally it cut to seven a.m. I was wrestling my mate in the snow, right? Yeah, remember when it snowed at that yeah. point, spring of last year. I was wrestling him, and he ended up with like a, a broken nose, and I don't think I did it, but I, you know, so we talk about beer fear. The following day from that. Like, I woke up to the WhatsApp group with all those lads, because it was only me and him that ended up together, and he had, like, he had like a broken nose. And, and was I, that definitely you? No, 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 I think it was just the process of, okay. of us wrestling, but two fully grown men. I know, exactly. This is it. It's undignified, isn't it? I hate, this and I it. hate the idea of shaming myself yeah, in yeah. public, but then, you know, I go on Question Time and say... No, you were great things. on Question Time. That I was, was all right. You know, that, but was, that was good. I did okay. In the end, like, in terms of, like, you know, you shouldn't talk about this stuff, really, but numbers, you yeah, know, yeah. we both know what that means, right? It, it's that it was productive in in that sense, but I, I was gutted because they did get to me. I hate to... I don't want to be the kind of fuck you comedian, but yeah. they, they got to me. There was just enough people calling me a thick fuck. That I did so go, does it upset you like when you get it, that one time okay. it, it did because I was ill when I did it so I fell out on a limb yeah yeah and then when I read I should, probably shouldn't be arming them now but I'm out the other side you, sh- you shit yeah. I don't care now <laughs> just, yeah, just, I, am a, I am a bit thick sometimes but that's part of the just, USP just go off Twitter for a while like I yeah. just before this interview uh, some Guardian columnist uh, did a quote tweet about me slagging me off 
And I know when I turn that phone back on, there's yeah. going to be like hundreds of people just just piling on. So I'm just going to literally scroll to the top of it and ignore the fuckers. Like it's, I, it's, uh, it's that feeling. Do you remember that about a year or two ago when Ben Affleck was promoting that awful Batman film and there was yeah. that video, Hello darkness, my old friend. It's just temporarily that yeah, feeling, yeah. isn't it? Like I'm getting coated off here. Yeah, but... It's, I know. But you, you do tough it out, you know yeah, what I mean? And it, to, it, is, it is very it's very temporary... Feeling, I think the know? easiest way if you want to be a comedian and you want to have a good life is don't have an opinion or don't express a, a genuine sincere yeah. political opinion because there's always going to be someone who hates you for it this is the problem Andrew is that it's like, I, do, I genuinely want everyone to like me do you? I, I have a set of opinions in the comedy world that are naturally just going to piss people off I'm saying, I mean I, I, I don't want to annoy anyone deliberately I'm just saying what no. I think I don't want to upset anyone like, no, I'm really, like, as, as a person if you met me but then I do things and and then you suddenly realise. Do you ever find sometimes it's the one, and particularly I'm interested this with Titania. It's like, is it the one that you thought was the mildest thing you've ever oh, said? Oh, unbelievable! Do you know what I mean? What, yeah. what is? You got any examples of that? Because I, I did something once. It was about. Um, it was just about like um, uh, about funding and, and stuff in the budget. Yeah. yeah. And I, I said something that probably was a bit kind of gammony type kind of. I was like, yeah. why don't we give these kids money? to you know do tech startups or something like that and I yeah, thought yeah. it was incredibly bright and then, and then some kind of like youth blogger or something she quote tweeted me yeah, and, yeah. And, and took the and then the, all these millennials all these snowflakes just climbed in on me and, and all the things I said I thought would offend them it was the cliched idea that they had they all had a tech startup in them that was more offensive than, to them than anything I'd said and before and that bothered them yeah and I spent a whole day of these kids going just piling in on me. I just never, I just never try and anticipate. I mean, some of the, I, some of the things that I, I, I've tweeted, I, I, I don't think are offensive at all. In the, yeah. I mean, the one that got a banned, you know, she got banned for a day uh, yeah. by Twitter. I thought was completely inoffensive and not an issue, but apparently it was a, it was an issue. It was something to do with um, she was going to a UKIP march to punch UKIP voters in the name of tolerance, and that's obviously <laughs> a, a gag. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a throwaway one actually. Yeah. Um, but that got a ban. So, well, it just rounding up. It was nice to round up with to tell you, like yeah. you referred to as her. Like you know, the, like when you talk with Ionucci and Partridge, yeah, um, yeah. sorry, Coogan talk about Partridge, like their fondness for the character. Yeah, it, do you have that now? Like, do you feel sort of like is is it growing? Like, I mean, she's obviously started off as someone like that was kind of well, like your. Bet noir, I can never say French stuff, but well, then he started it eleven months ago, and it was um because do you remember there was that character Godfrey Elfwick on Twitter? I do, yeah. It was a brilliant satirical account, which was run by a friend of mine, Lisa Graves, who ran it with another guy, and they had this account, and it was just it always used to make me laugh, and I, I'd said to Lisa, you know, I, I, I'd like to do something like this, I'd like to do a, 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 a satirical character, so I came up with this, and she said I should just go for it, so I came up with this radical slam poet. Because I, I also like the idea of writing really bad poetry. And, that is, and, that's always funny. I love doing the sort of radical yeah. bad poetry. Um, and so, we, so I just did that. And, uh, and yeah, and it just sort of, it just sort of it became a thing. And then I started to really enjoy doing it. So I do, I have seen her as another character. I have seen her as, my, my partner's really worried about this because I keep talking about her and things that she's done. Well, you, the way you just said that, yeah, was totally I, like she was a I, person. I do, because yeah. I know what she's like and I can see her and I can hear her. So obviously, I don't want to. This go isn't dissociative the, disorder, or anything. No, no, I don't want to go into like the, the kind of psychoanalytic. But obviously, yeah. she there's. I think it, you know, I I think that over time, you know, if you, if you bring it to life and stuff, is there that chance that you sort of feel? Because they say they are protective of Partridge, aren't they? Like they feel. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. Like, do, do, do you have this empathy with her? You know. Yeah, totally. Because like I say, I think so much of the woke movement is really well intentioned. I don't. I, I think a lot of these people. Yeah. They really want to change the world for the good, and they really, they see injustice often where it isn't there, and sometimes where it is there, 
but the key thing is that they they want they want the world to get better, um, but they're just fucking it up and making it worse. And that's the that's, <laughs> the, that's that, funny. Like, that, that is quite funny. Yeah. But it it, it 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 stops being funny when they're you know when they're generating exactly the kind of resentment that the far right depend upon to recruit people to their ranks. That's when it stops being funny. Yeah. And, and and so I do want to you know I always think this about satire is not it's not just ripping the piss in the way that we do as comedians. It, it is trying to change something for the good, trying to identify something wrong with society and doing something about it. And that, that sounds really fucking grandiose, doesn't it? No, no, uh, no. But that, that is sort of what it's about. No, I yeah. think it's a nice place to, to kind of like bring the chat to, to a close in a way, is that it's coming from like, you know, like a, a, an empathy, you know, like, totally, like, like, like you know, you're not seen as a bad person, but also like, you know, trying to help her. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> in, exactly. A, in a really patriarchal, <laughs> yeah, try, yeah, very patronising kind of. It is weird. You know, so, so you're, you're trying to Henry Higgins to shit out of her, essentially. I, I'm yeah. basically, yeah, I am basically mansplaining. Yeah, look, it's exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm completely undermining myself here, aren't I? But uh, yeah. no, no, listen, man. I think I think it's um, I think it's just a brilliant character, and it's great. Like you know, there's a lot of negativity about like new media and social media yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But this is a new way of doing character comedy, and I think yeah. there's a lot of people enjoying it. And the book uh, Woke is out now. I think it's in all sorts of bestseller lists and stuff like that. And it's just going to be a fun book. You should buy it. You should read it. And Andrew Doyle, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And, thank you. And uh, pass on a little little wink from me to Titania. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. Cheers. So this week it's come up in the previous two episodes, but talking about anxiety, right? I've got I've got a theory that it's the thing that freaks blokes out the most. Yeah, because it's it's that feeling of, and I mentioned this before about loss or of control. You know, fight or flight. For whatever reason, you suddenly get this flood of adrenaline, and you think, "Fucking oh, somebody's gonna fucking kick up." Like you're just sitting having lunch with a friend, and you just feel like you're gonna set fire to a bin. I don't know why I said a bin, but just something, right? You you just have that that sort of like inner rage and fear bubble up inside of you. And you just have to sit there, don't you? You have to sit there like nothing's happening. We don't, a lot of people listen to this, we go, but Jeff, you don't have to. You could talk about your feelings. But I'm me, right? So imagine you're me. You just got to sit there like nothing's happening. It's a game of uh, sort of emotional poker, isn't it? Where you're just trying to keep a blank face and not not give away the the, the, the tumult. And and I just think it is it is different for blokes, isn't it? Like Because if you're, certainly when you're in a group, right? If you go out with a group of uh, female friends, if you have like a... A funny turn. You know, if you just had a funny turn, you just, oh, that just felt a bit weird. I just need to sit down. The girls be, no, no, you get to sit down. Do you want a, do you want a glass of water? Are you all right there, Kate? You know, you all right? Whereas if it was a bloke, it was a group of blokes, and you went, oh, just just had a funny turn. I mean, even using the phrase funny turn could lose respect for you within the group for five years. So, like, listen, your, might, your mates might be, oh, all right, you know, and they probably feel a bit burdened because that's what men are like, quite selfish. We'd sort of be wanting to give across the impression of sympathy, but thinking, fuck it. What's he playing at? You know, there better, there better be something wrong. The issue is, is, is one of the fears comes from not knowing why you feel like this, right? Because there's no direct correlation. Uh, it might be completely irrational. The situation that's made you feel anxious might be the fact that you're eating a butternut squash wrap, right? And, and <laughs> I don't know why it's a butternut squash wrap. Now, the problem is, is there's no connection really between circumstances and anxiety. It's not as easy. If you're depressed, you go, oh, I'm fucking depressed. Do you know what I mean? I... You know, I've been here before. It's obvious. I'm sad. So I feel sad. Whereas anxiety, you're like, what? What the fuck is it? Right? And I think it's. I think it is probably sadness. That's the problem. And um, it comes up in you, like in your subconscious. And then you're fighting. You're fighting to keep it down. 
and it just rears up. Do you know what I mean? If it was if it was cricket, it would be just a bouncer that just got big on you. Just just not even like that short of a length. <laughs> how how to exclude as many people as possible? Do a cricket analogy, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the 1987 uh, Down Under Ashes series uh, when Philip De Freitas was bowling to Craig McDermott. This is probably part of the problem that I always recourse to uh, cricket analogies. But it, yeah, something that, that got big very quickly and felt like you were losing control, right? So this is the point: is that your underlying emotional state is already ticking over at quite a high rate. That's the point. That's so you maybe you're already like a nine point two, yeah. So you're already at nine point two. You're just trying to keep a lid on it. And then kind of like you momentarily, when you're out walking the dog, you can't see the dog for like two seconds. You think, oh, fuck, the dog's gone, fuck it. And then the panic comes on. You think, well, that was odd. It was just a two-second period where I couldn't see the dog and I lost my mind. But maybe, maybe, guys, maybe it's not the dog that you're missing, yeah? Maybe it's the inner dog in you. I don't know why I'm going with this. I think I've, I think I've made the point. So what can you do about it? A lot of this stuff is, is is fine to just identify, but if you can't fundamentally change it, it it's redundant, isn't it? I would say the, the one bit of advice that I got given that I found was quite useful, uh, when it, particularly when it came to anxiety, is the is the paradox of acceptance, right? Is which does sound like the the next James Bond film, doesn't it? The paradox of acceptance, Mister Bond. I see you've been having panic attacks. Why would the person speaking to Mr. Bond sound a bit like Sean Connery? Doesn't make sense. But, you know, a lot of these franchises do bring characters back like Spock in Star Trek. See, this is the problem. I'm trying to talk about serious issues. I end up talking about cricket or James Bond or or science fiction or KFC. Look, I've got issues, okay? But what I'm saying is, is is the paradox of acceptance is simply this, that the moment you just accept that you feel something, you take a big percentage of the power out of it, right? Rather than sitting there, having a bit of a panic on, getting a bit of a bead on, just go, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I do, I do feel anxious. Yeah, it's just how it's going to be for now, you know? just It's not going to kill me. Just sit, I'll just sit with it, you know what I mean? Just tolerate it. Tolerate it like a prick at a party. That's what I say about anxiety. Just yabbering in your fucking ear. Just think, yeah, well, he'll run out of energy. He'll punch himself out. Adrenaline often does do that as well, which is one of the good things. So just think, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just sit this one out. You know, I'll bat out for the draw. So there you go. I tried to um, avoid cricket analogies, but in the end, I, I couldn't help but tie it up with a cricket analogy. You know, sometimes you want to be out there looking good, making shots, hitting boundaries, but you know, sometimes it's just about survival, and there's nothing wrong. With getting, I'm, I'm just losing listeners, aren't I? The longer I talk about cricket, they're just particularly any international listeners. Okay, it's like a sport that you know where you defend. There you go. Okay, that is the end of this week's show. So please subscribe, listen, rate, recommend, do all that stuff. It helps, man. It's getting this podcast out there. If you think this is something that is worth people listening to, all those things you do help it go to other people. We might be able to get more guests. Uh, look, what I'm getting at is one day I might make money out of it. The good thing about being a Tory is I can fucking admit that. Now, um, I'm going to read out some of the, the internet reviews, the iTunes reviews. Uh, one from Lazy Ass Clown. Uh, interesting opinions that can actually make you laugh. Also, if you write something nice, he might read it out. There you go. I did read it out. Uh, and this is from Ed McTed. <laughs> I don't, is that your real name, Ed? I hope it is. That's the Scottish. I'm fucking Scottish. Hey, fucking Ed McTed, you wee cunt. Um, sorry, that was a bit, a bit strong. Uh, 
I'm going to do the whole accent here. Uh, I'm an SNP voting Scotsman who loves Westminster politics and has nothing good to say about Thatcher years or present Tory party. Which is not a great start. Jeff, though, is funny and worth listening to. I like his men's section. I bet you do. This podcast is easy to listen to and may make younger people think. I know I've changed accents here, but I'm I'm happier at the bit of Scotland that that I've arrived at now. His chat about old-time comics was good. Keep it up, chum, and all the best for the tour. I fucking like that bloke. Do you know what I mean? Immediately, I just all I want to do now is have a pint with that bloke. So if you put reviews, there's every chance I'll read them out uh, in episode uh, four, which will be around in two weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening. What most people think.